Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Box Set Pod Season 3, Episode 7. Lovely to have you with us. Howell and Jamie here from the north of England. And uh, as usual, reminding you to share this podcast with people. If you like it, share it. Uh, but please, we're begging. We're, can we ask any more? I mean, please share it. Um, and don't forget that our favourite email, for whatever reason, it might just be you emailing us in just two words, um, could win you a an entire season box set of the um, of Entourage. Every season in one box set. It could be yours if you send us an email, studio at theboxsetpod.com. Any subject that we talk about or a whole new subject, ask us for a recommendation. Yes. That's the whole point of this podcast. Do yourself a favour. Well, on this podcast today, we're going to have the latest TV box set news. Um, and we're going to get Fife Dangerfield to join us. He's not joined us for a while. He's been busy and he's got big personal news it's going to be quite a personal one, this, but we're going to find out what it's like. I want to talk about how box sets reflect your life, how they help you through certain moments in your life. Mm. Should we do some box set news? Yeah, all right, let's do it. Uh, first of all, uh, let's just talk a little bit about what we've been watching this week. I watched the finale of the Channel 4 TV show Humans, which has been very, very good. It's been recommissioned for a second series. My sister's series. been going on about that. Does she like it? Yes. It's <clears throat> really good. It's surprising. It seems like a very, like, cliche, um, futuristic kind of topic, you know, synth human beings. But it's actually really well done. Synth human beings. Yeah, it's like, you know, are are synth, you know, it's a world where robots Robots. are working with human beings and... that line is crossed between whether it's, you know, ethically right. But it's really good and really, like, set in a normal world, mm. really good actors in it, mm. and the finale was excellent, some really emotional moments in it. I do recommend it, Humans. The do you recommend it above, um, say, uh, let me give you some, and if you haven't watched this, do should I watch that instead? So if you haven't watched West Wing, should you watch it instead? Oh, that's hard, because... Yes West, or no? West Wing is a complete... Yes or no? Package. I, I haven't watched West Wing. Should I watch which one? Should I watch first? Well, you should watch West Wing first. Okay, obviously. Sopranos. Sopranos first, of course. You should. Okay, this is um, if you House wanna, of Cards. House of Cards. Yes, you should watch that. I mean, okay. you, you, it's um, hard because those things. are... Quantum just, Leap. Quantum Leap. Well, that's a close one. I uh, think if, right. I think if you're looking for something refreshing, Quantum different, Leap. and new, Quantum Leap, not old. Quantum Leap. It's old Howell. They should remake Quantum Leap, though. No, they should. Well, they keep Scott Bakula. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you can still be leaping through time, like an, an old man version of Sam Beckett. It's really, yeah. really pissed off. Uh, but, yeah, it's a really good show, Howl. Humans, I recommend it. It's fun to watch, and uh, it's just finished. And Channel 4 doing a great job. At, Why is it fun? Series. It's fun because it's it's just an interesting idea. That's not... Would that you... doesn't make... Interesting doesn't make me uh, go and put it on. What well, it's 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 compelling. It's like a thriller in some ways, but right. it's also quite emotional. It takes a bit, 
of getting What sort into... of pace are we talking? Are, are we with? Are we closer to Mad Men or are we closer to uh, Chuck? I'd say it's probably medium pace, not as fast as Chuck, definitely not as fast as Chuck, but it's not as slow as Mad Men episodes. Is it uh, mainstream TV? Definitely mainstream, yes. Right, okay. I'd recommend it. I'm not pushed towards... It's based on a Swedish uh, version of the show, actually, a Swedish show. Anyway, that's what I've been watching. Uh, Why don't I watch the Swedish one, then? Well, I, I I was thinking of I might watch it myself if I can find it. I've had a look on Netflix; it's not there. So it's the problem with the killing. I watched a few episodes of the killing. Shit, it's the killing. The, the American version I watched. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we sort of gave up. We got busy doing other things, and um, and then there was all this thing about oh, the Swedish one's better. But I was like, oh, I can't be bothered watching the first few of the Swedish one as well. So I just didn't bother with it either. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? Like they shouldn't bother remaking, should they? The killing was remade. Uh, the bridge has been remade made an American version as well. I just feel like... The Returned, they've now remade. The Returned. I mean, it's whatever version you start watching is always going to be the one that you... you is, is the Bible to you, isn't it? What's amazing is... We, we talked about it on our radio show once about subtitles, and it's amazing the number of people... Who hate subtitles? Hate them, just will not watch something with subtitles. Well, I'll tell you this. It seems like this. such a four-year-old opinion. But of... you know what? As soon as you have to be in the mood to be ready to like, okay, I've got to actually read the screen you know what i mean mm. like i'm fine i'm fine with subtitles but there are days when i think you know what? i'm not gonna watch this because i need to actually focus a lot more like I- and also i think times have changed people watch tv now with other things in their hand with their phone with the computer their you ipads you can't always afford to be giving your eyeballs to but you should you should in a way yeah you're right you should. i was um i recommend a friend of mine was really ill and she needed some recommendations and so i, I knew she'd love kimmy schmidt so i told her to watch kimmy schmidt and true enough, she loved it and watched you know, the whole thing. But believe- then she was like, uh, I said, have you watched Mad Men? Because it's one that's quite good if you're ill, I suppose, you know, slow running things. Yeah. And she said, oh, I, uh, yeah, I've tried before, but I'll get back on it. And and I realised I had to advise her. I was like, you will not enjoy this show if you are also on the computer. You, you've got to give it your attention. Yeah, you've got to you enter the world. Yeah. Mad Men, you can't be distracted. The Wire, you can't be distracted mm. when you're watching something like that. Yeah, because it because then it just is background noise. I'm sorry, but it's so slow-paced that you can very easily um, treat these things as wallpaper. And as wallpaper, a fairly miserable wallpaper. Yeah. Whereas if you invest in it, the drama is subtle, so you've got to you've got to be invested you know, in it. If you love Kimmy Schmidt, Howard, you should be watching Thirty Rock. That should yes. be your next step. Yeah, okay. And that's another good uh, email if you've got anything you want to talk about. Stepping stones. What shows are stepping stones to other shows? Yeah, that's a good question. Studio at the box set pod.com. Let's have a look at the news then. So first of all, oh, um, have we not started the news? No, the box set pod.com slash news. That's where I deliver the news and uh, the talk. On the internet, in fact, the writer himself has mentioned of a Downton Abbey the movie. Oh, yes, they're, they're bound to, aren't they? The final season's about to start. It'll be starting, I think, in September time in the UK. That cash cow is going to come home with a lot of milk. It feels like, yeah, you're, you're right, How it's, it's, it's been milked to death. It's gone through its peak days where it was getting 13 million viewers an episode on a Sunday night on ITV. These days, the last series lost a, it lost a lot of momentum. It didn't feel like it was going anywhere. It really sort of... It was like trudging through mud. Do you, know, do you know what the figures were for the last one? They were still high. You know, they're still going to be about eight million. That's a lot. But they're not. It's not got the same. You know, it's not got the same momentum behind it. It felt like it was 
dragging a little bit. And in fact, mm. it talks about making a film. The, the Christmas special of Downton Abbey last year was a two-hour Christmas special. Right. And it was dull. It yeah. was really dull. Yeah, you made a film. So I don't know if that's a good idea, but Julian Fellows has said he's considering a movie spin-off, but there are no plans in place as yet. I'm sure he will. Uh, I'm sure he'll work on that because he's, you know, he's, he likes that world. He's already done Gosford Park. He wrote that. Tom Hardy, who played Mad Max, mm-hmm. and uh, he's in a new film as well about the Cray Brothers. Mm-hmm. He's working on a new 19th century TV ab- Avenger. A bit of a, a 19th century Batman. Yeah. He's a, basically a part-time... Uh, Avenger and part-time Shipping Empire mogul. Oh, nice. And uh, he's working on this new TV show. It'll be for the TV channel FX. And uh, he's working with the director, Howl of the Killing, uh, oh, Chris- right. the, the the Danish version, Christopher right. Nylon. And uh, have you watched Lock, Nylon. Howell? Lock, yeah, with uh, Tom Hardy doing a Welsh accent. Yeah, the, the writer of that is also working on this TV show as well. I liked that. I thought he did a good Welsh accent as well in uh, It was Lock. all right. I mean, it was Richard Burton, wasn't it? Or Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Richard Burton type stuff. I just, uh, you think it's love? I can do a really good Welsh accent. Well, uh, you know, I'm not too bad at the old Welsh accent. Uh, am I, Howell? Um, you... Got it quite nailed down to the T there, haven't I, Howell? That's the best Welsh accent you've ever done. Yeah. And normally uh, it's really, really bad. I mean, oh, yeah. if you carry on for another minute. Yeah, and if I keep going too long, I imagine I'll end up, you know, going off in a different direction accent-wise. And, oh, I'm oh, accent-wise. Oh, Cornish. hello. I've driven all the way from Wales. <laughs> To Bristol. <laughs> oh, accents. Are now funny. then, um, uh, 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 just on. Uh, before oh, one you get more back thing. To the news, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was just about to ask you. You know, you said Julian Fellows loves the world of Downton Abbey. Mm. I was going to say, what world do you really love? What world? What world you're being in. What What world would you make a series on? What What about you? I love being in a gritty film noir world. And um, where's that? Uh, well, you know, Give like me a time uh, and a place. Well, I, I like films like Seven or or um, you know, like Give me a, a time and a Humphrey place. Bogart type okay. films. You know, like um, Casablanca, The Big Sleep, or yeah. um, uh, you know, The Maltese Falcon. You know, I like being in a world where there's private dicks working on a case and there's yeah. a damsel in distress, Detective. but really she's a dangerous lady. Well, my answer is this. Uh, I watched Angelina Jolie's movie Unbroken the other day. Have you seen it? Oh, no, I've not seen it. It's a true story, isn't it? Yeah, it's a true story about a guy who... Uh, well, it's basically set in the wor- in World War Two. He was in the Holocaust. He No, was he wasn't. He was in the uh, Japanese prison camps. Oh, really? And he, he was escaped, also, didn't he? He was also in the on Olympics. No, he didn't escape on a raft. And did he win a marathon? He, he 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 was in the Olympics. He didn't win the Olympics. Mm. He are you paying attention as your phone going? Someone's ringing me. I don't know the number though. Oh one five one. That's Liverpool. Oh. Any reason why Liverpool would be ringing you? No, I ignore it. They, 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 PPI. They didn't catch me. Listen uh, to me because you've got this film all wrong. You. So the, he's in a marathon. He, no, he, after he gets off a raft. Jesus. He was no, and there's Angelina Jolie. He was an Olympian. He was an Olympian at the famous Nazi Olympics, and then he and then he was a, a bomber pilot, a pilot uh, crew in World War Two. Yeah. His plane crashes, yeah. and he ends up in Japanese prison war camps. When does he get on a raft? Uh, I don't want to give anything away, but yeah, we all know he gets on a raft now. All right, well, it's when he's when the plane crashes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a phenomenal story, which 
True story. Didn't get quite as much critical acclaim as I think probably it deserved. And, and I think the reason is that the critics had seen all of those things happen in other films. Yeah. So it wasn't kind of original enough. But then you go, well, that's kind of disrespectful because... I think you should tell the story of world wars as often as possible. Keep yeah, that, yeah. keep people aware of how close we are to a nutbag taking over the world. And um, it got a lot of critical acclaim, didn't it? Did but not way. quite as much as I think it should. Yeah. Anyway, um, I really enjoy war films. I enjoy looking at those war worlds. Films, I find them yeah. fascinating. I think that the time that people lived in yeah. it's too easily romanticised by people like me, probably. Have you watched Band of Brothers TV box set? I, I watched a couple. Oh, you've got to watch yeah. it. You've got to get back into yeah. it. It's amazing. You get well. You this really Angelina do. Jolie story would really work as a as, as a box a TV set. show, and um, I think there's space for that. And I think there's space for a World War Two box set. And another mo- uh, of a book that I read in America over the summer is called The Nazi Officer's Wife. And I cannot imagine that they're not making that into a movie. They must be making it into a movie. But if they made it into TV series, that would be brilliant as well. Really? Yes. So okay. th- that's the world I would pick. What world would you well, pick maybe... if you were going to um, pick your own world for a TV box set? Yeah, what world do you love? Maybe you love the medieval kind of world of Game of Thrones. Maybe you love the zombie apocalypse world because there's a new TV show. Well, it's a spin-off from The Walking Dead. It's called Fear the Walking Dead. It is going to be released. The premiere's end of this month. I've put the latest teaser trailer on our website. You can check that out it's going to follow the um zombie apocalypse as it begins and it, the effect it has on a, on a family as it, as it actually begins because as you know the walking dead with the original show it doesn't really show the actual beginnings of the apocalypse in much detail he goes into a, a coma the main character and he wakes up and he's he's sort of in this world this new brand new world so seeing that erupt the zombie apocalypse erupt will be fascinating and of yeah. course if it does anything like the the, the walking dead did with its 16 mm. million viewers in america Amazing. on cable tv it's going to be massive massive it's going to be an absolute whopper what's happening with five owl nothing is happening with five no word and let's face it he had a baby one week ago Jeez. so i imagine his I mean, hands yeah, are full we, we can't even have a pop at him because he's, he's got a new baby he's got yeah. a valid excuse yeah which brings me on to how box sets have helped you in your life i mean, i can't i don't know if you're listening you've had kids is there something that you can watch um, that has got you through the early the early months of a new baby. Is there something that gets you through that? Um, there's been times when we've had... Uh, I, I watched I a series of box sets that were so useful to me when we had kind of trouble at work, and I don't want to say too much. Trouble, difficult times at what work. About, what was it, Howell? De- just dealing with authority, prison break. Prison break. Well, Dex the first, Dex. right? That was perfect because, because it's you like... imagine murdering your boss? No, I didn't. But it, it, it was the idea of working somewhere and having a secret life mm. and, and and the work being something that, you, that was a facade and then you could go and be your true what person. What was your secret life, Howell? I didn't really have a secret life. It was watching Private Dexter. dancer. Yeah. yeah, I was watching Dexter, really. Um... And then prison break again, a kind of I escape. What, thing. I, I might mention this before, but helped me get through a breakup was watching Scrubs. You know, I remember Scrubs, when my heart was, was heart was broken by that one other girl, I, girlfriend I had. Yeah, and I remember watching uh, something about Scrubs. You know, because. Uh, the Zach Brass character is always sort of love forlorn, and you know, and, and and it was also uplifting. It was lighted. It, it just needed. I was in a dark mood. I needed some light material to lift my heavy state. Yeah, yeah. I always feel like um, mental health 
I think mm. TV, good TV shows, good films really help mental health issues. But are we just... Um, maybe we're... Uh, I don't know. I think it was Marx. I think it's a Marxist quote that he said religion is uh, the opium for the masses. Opiate for the masses, right? The idea that if you get everyone believing in a religion, you can get them busy dealing with that. Well, there's lots of studies that, that theorise that TV and entertainment is the opiate for the masses. You're so busy watching these other worlds, it lets you escape your dull, monotonous life while you're doing all these um, well, I don't agree with jobs that. and things. Yeah, but then when you go on holiday, I, I can happily not watch TV for the full time that I'm on holiday. And when you get back, you go, oh, God. It's, it's particularly in Britain, it's grey. I mean, it's summer here, and it's raining, it's cloudy, it's cold. It's just horrible. Yeah, but at the same time, like, I look at watching TV series and films as, like, something I actually love doing. Like, it's not something that... It might be, maybe it is an opiate. But you're, living, you you're not living a life. You're just living other no, people's I, yeah, lives. No, I'm living my, the life I want to live. I don't want mm. to, like, constantly be away on, from home on holidays. I like being... I'm a home person. I Basically, like being, you're saying you like the opium. I like the opium. I think yeah. it tastes, mm, good. I'm going to have lots more. Come join me with a opiate bong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the opiate. I'm staying for the long haul. Two thumbs up from the Fonz. We now have Fife on the phone who has just uh, caught the end of that conversation. I have no idea what you're talking about. You're An opiate me. bong. <laughs> we're just going to a debate about whether entertainment is opiate for the masses whether watching box sets and stuff is just um making people uh forget about their boring lives so that the government can manipulate them as Karl marx oh, believed yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, five that's the best answer you've ever given for anything five has got much more straightforward in his answers since having a baby and it's a baby boy isn't he a little baby boy yeah oh well done I to you a girl for He's some reason one. yeah well done to you and your especially your partner what's the name he's called faden oh. faden uh, yeah it's, it's an old uh celtic well it's it, in in scottish gaelic it means uh a small stream running from a moorland loch. Oh, and in, in Irish, it means a uh, musical like pipe or whistle. So, oh, how beautiful. It sounds like a name from a Game of Thrones character. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's a ridiculous name, isn't it? It's as ridiculous as Fife or Howl. I mean, that child is now going to go through high school with Faden labelled on him. Um, as Chris Martin was talking about baby names. Uh, someone said, you know, why do celebrities do baby name, crazy baby names? And he was like, I don't think it has anything to do with being a celebrity. I think creative people come up with creative names. And well, the thing is, that I think that. it's... Um, I think well, my friend Ben, when we were talking about names a while ago, said, which is quite true, probably the most revolutionary thing you could do now is call your baby John. Or yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, you probably. know, pretty much everyone I know has had a baby, like... Yeah, so, you know, you do seem to go for more. But I, I really like. I've always liked being called Fife because I've never met anyone else. Me with too. My name, and I really wanted to try and find a name for him. I have really actually. To find a name that was I've, like that. I've met Howell, and it was the weirdest thing. Weird as heck. Anyway, <laughs> Fife's uh, one week into being a dad now, and we've been we've been having quite a personal chat on the podcast this week. So let's continue that. What's what's it like having a child? What's it like? We're not going to talk about TV at all, are we? It's nah. Just, it's be, yeah, yeah, we'll get around. What's it like having a child and it's what have you been watching on TV uh, as you <laughs> are sleep deprived? Well, which bit of that do you want to answer first? Uh, I think you should go for child first. Child, yeah. Um, it's amazing, Is it? actually. Yeah, I, I, 
I had all kinds of little anxieties about it beforehand. And they've all kind of just flown away, really. Like, you know, because I think men like us howl, I'm sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure, you know, the idea of, like, 100%. Being, being responsible for someone for the rest of your life kind of freaked me out a bit. <laughs> yes. But as, as soon as he came along, you, you're just like, I can't see how it could be any other way, which is amazing. It doesn't mean that you don't, you know, sometimes when we're up in the middle of the night and he won't sleep and everything, it's, you know, it's not gold dust 100% of the time. But, you know, it's... I mean, Dad's still up and leave all over the world, Fife. I mean, you're only a week in. (laughs) 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 Two weeks, a two-week get-out club. Yeah. No, no, it's it's amazing. It really, like, it, it just feels like one of those. I described it, it's a bit of a weird analogy and rather it sounds rather trivial but i think it's quite weirdly apt but you know when you've as a student or i wasn't actually a student but when you're that age and you're living with people and at some point you make the move to getting your own flat and living alone and once you've done that it's sort of like you can't really imagine ever going back to living in a flat share mm. and in a weird way it's kind of it feels a bit like that like oh, once you have once you have them you can't imagine going back to not having a I feel like that about having a house. I'm like, I was so terrified about the commitment of having a mortgage. And now I'm like, oh, it's so much better having a house than renting. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. yeah it just, just feels very natural. Wow. Oh, this there is fantastic. Go. And your entire... Been, yeah, what have you been watching then? <laughs> well, <laughs> I've got, I'm going I'm to answer this for you. In, uh, I, think, I think this will please you. Um, well, actually, let's, let's first talk about the fact that I finished uh, both... Uh, Bloodlines and uh, True Detective. Oh, oh Bloodline oh, and True Detective. Fair play. Wow. You've done your homework. Heavy, heavy stuff for Fife there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I finished them both a while ago. This is pre, pre-child. Yes. Okay, um, well, look, we'll, we'll go into them, but let's just do simple question first, Fife. If you had to take just one of those on the spaceship, which one would you take on first? True Detective. True oh, Detective. Which one, which one would I take with me or take off? Uh, no, no, that one. Um, and which which series was it, the first one or the second? Yeah. I haven't watched the new one yet. Don't bother. I thought it was. I mean, they were both very good. I mean, I think it was, I think Jamie was saying when we last was it Jamie? I think we yeah. were saying, you know, Bloodlines gets better, and it it did. Bloodlines definitely improved as it went on. Mm. But um, I still think True Detective edges it a lot. I kind I, of I, agree I, with you. Yeah. If you uh, like, um, the, you, you know, that. the guy in Bloodline. The dude well, who's on. A the, few of them. Well, the guy Kyle Chandler, the guy who's on the cover of the, the yeah, picture. Yeah, yeah. Oh right, yeah. He yeah. is in Friday Night Lights, which is on. Oh Netflix. yeah, I've watched that. Have you That's watched it? Good. I'm only a couple of episodes in, and I am amazed. It's I'm, great. It's American football, but it's, it's about American football, and I almost cried yeah. at the first episode. Oh, I mean, it's it gets, just it amazing. Gets really good, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so oh, okay. that might be a next step. Um, so right. you've done them too. Well done. Well I done. The speech. I thought the the speech that um, McConaughey. Well, it's not a speech, but the big monologue he gives at the end of yeah. the last episode was very powerful. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was I a great ending. I really? thought it was brilliant. That, you know, that whole ending was that. I thought it was so well done. And yeah. I would say to you, Five, the second series, you're gonna if you do start at any point... Um, Is it good? It's not nowhere near as good as no. the first one. I think I it's a, how... the same as the first one. I think people were overly impressed with the first one. That's my opinion. Well, I don't know about the quality. The writing seems brilliant, but the writing may well have seemed more brilliant because of the acting. But I don't think yeah. 
Well, not, I, to, I, not to slag the cast in the current one, but I mean, I, th- I think that was a very, very good pair yeah, of actors. You're in the so lead right. I hate to repeat I, myself, but Hitchcock said he hates whodunits because he said he'd never make another whodunit after the first one he made because yeah. because it's all <laughs> tease and no payoff. You you can never please people with the payoff. Right, and I right. did find that with True Detective. Oh, I thought it was an excellent hey. piece of work, but I was like, it is work. This is well, work. I don't know if I... I, mean, I felt like... <laughs> I think you're making a good point about the writing of it. It's the mm. style of it suits McConaughey and certain, and Woody Harrelson to a T, like the style mm. of writing. But when you hear <laughs> Vince Vaughn doing it, it doesn't work as well. Like, there's mm. a few lines he gives in it, and he's like, what are you talking about? And whereas if it's McConaughey's character doing it, it kind of it has more... It just fits better. It's a better fit. I think casting yeah. is so important. Oh, yeah, it's crucial. It's crucial. And I, I think, I think for me, like, yeah, when, when someone's acting brilliantly, you just sort of, you really do sort of forget you're watching an actor, and it's just it, it it all totally blends into one. And I thought both of them were really. Yeah, like I think that. you're being harsh on Vince Vaughn, though. Now you were going to say something else, though. So you've moved oh, yeah. on to something else, have I've you? I've moved on to something. I think this will please you. I'm going to answer. Uh, I'm going to answer the question. Well, maybe you'd like to ask me what what I've been watching since. What have you been watching since <laughs> those two box sets? Fine. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> 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 That's the baby awake. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you've been watching um, Mad I'm Men, yeah? No. <laughs> <laughs> the West Wing. Wow. That's yeah, the West no, Wing I, theme I, tune. I, um, I took you up on your recommendation. We took you up. Brilliant. We're already halfway through the second series. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very good, isn't now, it? Now, did you see what I mean about having to get beyond the pilot? Like, it looks very old yeah. and well, <laughs> very nice. We, we watched the pilot a few years ago and didn't bother watching anymore. So, but we, but we started again and... No, it's great. I mean, it's yes. um, it, it's it's a lot more humorous than I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, mm. But I, I watched a really interesting. Um, I kind of uh, there was a fascinating uh, interview that you find on YouTube, which is it's a kind of roundtable discussion of about six of the main uh, showrunners on things on shows in America. And yeah. Aaron Sorkin is there, and the guy that right, Street Detective is there oh, as well, yeah, and the guy that. that did Mad Men. And, um, and one of the things he said in that interview, or it might have been another interview, I watched a few with Aaron talking, mm. was he's just fascinated by, he just loves hearing smart people argue. Yeah. And like he was like, for me, the the biggest obstacle is just, is having a story. Like I, I would quite happily just have people talk and be no storyline. <laughs> but you know, so that's where producers and so on, you know, help and script script advisors. But um, for him, it's obviously all about the conversation, and, and you really do get that. It's just, yeah, it's just fantastic. He's so dialogue. great. Um, he's it, it, West Wing is his best work, I think, mm. because he, he's so great with other people working with him. With with Newsroom, it was just so much worse, and I don't recommend yeah. going on to Newsroom. Well, really. I enjoyed. I've seen the first two of Newsroom, and I really oh, enjoyed yeah. it. It was fine, but it's not the caliber of West Wing in terms of debate and it's smart people arguing. It's still smart people arguing, but maybe because we work in the media and my wife's a journalist and stuff, it's still, although those arguments are smart, they are not arguments that anybody in any newsroom in the world 
has with each other. Because... Oh, hang on, Hal. Oh, go on. We might have a crisis here because I hear a slightly crying baby and a doorbell. Oh, oh take oh, us through it. Not wearing a top. Just, whoa, whoa, whoa. Just put a top on. on. Take Put's us with you. On. Hang on. Oh, Stay drama. This is exciting. Um, this is this is what we mean by if you have had a child, your attention's wane. You need something. In fact, the West Wing is perfect. In fact, maybe you should have a child just in order to watch the West Wing. I recommend that. Get pregnant, have a child, watch the West Wing. Oh, I wonder where we are. I think he's just left us lying on the bed. Oh, five? Yeah, he's just left us. Oh, you can take oh, it as a take us. Well, Where's this radio oh. intuition? Huh? We could have gone on a journey through the house there. We could have heard the new child. What's his child's name again? Uh, Faden. 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 Like Aiden with a th. Ah, that's right. And what will it, what will his nickname be? Fady. Faye Fadester. The Fadester. Yeah, it's, Faderino. It, it's a good name because it's different, but it doesn't lend itself instantly to bullying, does it? It's, it's a good one. People might call him Fadden, though. Yeah, they might do. But even that's quite it's a good It's Faden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that argument. I'm a lot so glad he started West Wing. And if you haven't started West Wing, we just do it. Just do it. Just give it the four-episode rule. Remember, four episodes in, and, and then you're done. Here we come, yeah, yeah, lads. It's go. all right. I'm, I must have looked like an absolute mentalist. Because I, 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 I hurriedly put the vest on back to front, the bright orange vest. <laughs> and oh. I'm, because my hair's long at the moment, I'm, I'm wearing a, a headband, a little bit like oh the uh, brother in Bloodlines with aggression issues. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I really must have looked quite strange. Fine, for you look like a member of the cast of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest on any normal day. <laughs> Never mind with a vest on back to front running through that. Um, okay, good. So, West Wing, you love in favourite character, obviously, Josh or Toby? <laughs> I mean, the I president, Marge. Yeah, I, I think I really, the, the, they're so brilliant, so many of them. Yeah. I don't think I, I mean, the thing, the thing I also feel watching it, it's just, don't you just, how amazing would it be if you actually had a president like that? I know, I yeah. mean, that's the thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I'm, I'm very aware when you're watching it that it's like, this is, it, it, it's the sort of sugar, it's very much the kind of jelly baby version of what politics is really like compared to, Maybe, maybe, yeah. I mean, that, and that's I think how we got to it, wasn't it? Because you watched House of Cards and you're like, right, stick with politics. But I, I think also a lot of people who, I, I think what it shows is people's intentions, right? You know how like politicians, like people like Tony Blair, um, Tony Blair is despised for some of the decisions that he made, but from his perspective, he was doing it from an entirely worthy, righteous point of view. So in a way, it's like everybody's got their own different truths on the world, isn't it? And and if you are in a liberal, democratic government, I imagine that this kind of is how you think you're trying to behave. And yet House of Cards is perhaps showing how... Sometimes people do behave because that conflicts with absolute selfishness and greed. But there's a fundamental difference in that um, Frank Underwood doesn't have any interest except his own career. Does he not, though? I don't know. I don't know whether don't he so. whether only... he really believes in a great ideal and he thinks that the way to achieve it is by any means necessary. I don't think so. I think the only bit where you see him... You, the only sort of bit where you see him show humanity is with um, I can't remember the name of the guy, but the ribs guy. Yes, yeah, that's right. And and, and, and then when he meets up with that old school friend of his, that he had some sort of yeah vague romantic thing. You know, mm-hmm. that guy 
those are the two bits where I sort of felt, and with his wife, you know. But yeah, I, I, in terms of looking at the. But isn't this yeah. whole jobs for work thing? And we're not. Let's not issue any spoilers. But the whole jobs for work thing, doesn't he really believe in that idea, or is it just a tactic to keep him in office? Is he just seeking I power? A, I think it's a tactic. I don't think we. Well, maybe it's the fault of the show. But if he is principled, we should see more of it. Maybe I, I don't think you see enough to. I don't think you. See, I, yeah, I, I, I didn't get the impression it was something he really believed in. It, it seemed to be more finding policies to suit his. You know who his various allies are at any given time, and can you think of another time in your life when um, TV has helped you get through something? That's what we were talking about earlier. When a, a specific TV series has really matched or or been the perfect antidote to a, a situation? Not not in a kind of um, uh, if you mean in the equivalent. The equivalent of a breakup album. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's kind of that. I I, I can't think of TV. I think for me, I think when I've been in in tough times, the TV I turn to is more comfort TV. Whereas I think maybe in music, I might listen to something a bit more heart wrenching. Yeah, I wonder whether um, in indie music as we know it, whether indie um, music. I hate that. I know, I know, but you've got to instantly write off kind of pop music. I suppose what I'm saying. What, no, what does that mean? Uh, what, I, what I mean is, for the sake of this discussion, I'm not talking about upbeat um, bubblegum music. I'm saying introspective okay. music of any kind. Okay. Is right. that the antidote for a well-off Western or Eastern, but well-off people? Like, relative to the world, we're in the top richest 5%, all of us. Yeah. Um, is if you If you have a very, very difficult life... Would you want to sit and listen to music that is introspective, or would music be a more more commonly be a device to cheer you up? For example, mm-hmm. um, Liverpool mm-hmm. is a place um, that has, and and the northwest of England where we're from is is um, really traditionally into northern soul and Motown and party music, and it's still very strong there. And often in very working class communities, you have this real party music, because the purpose of music was to go and have a drink and dance. It was all about dancing. Yeah. Whereas I they didn't... Some truth in that, definitely. Do but, they um... want to sit and listen to Five Dangerfield caterwauling about <laughs> something over some well, the thing is, chimes? I think that, I, I think that the, the, the big difference with that kind of thing is it's just like great acting or not great acting or great script writing. I think with that kind of music that is introspective, if you like... I think sometimes I often hear that kind of thing. I just feel like I oh, just, you know, just snap out of it. You're just being, you know, mm. you're just being a crybaby. And I certainly would feel like that about a lot of things I've done in the past, you know. But the, you hear some tracks, and it, superficially it might sound like a similar thing, but you just feel like this is really cutting deep. And I think that it's reflecting the way I feel at the moment, I and that's it's why like it's anything. good. I think if I think if something is done well, mm. and, and it has. Well, yeah, in the in the in the world of entertainment, anyway, and, and all that, something is done well. It's it's well, it's it does the job. You know? Yeah, it does, and I I think it is about reflection as well, isn't it? It's it's kind of the same with I was thinking to make this about TV. The the more downbeat and slower TV box sets, if you are in a 
point in your life where you've got to do a lot of thinking and a lot of soul searching and things. If somebody is writing something that resonates with that, then it's uh, it's brilliant because someone, an artist in a way, has put into words this thing that you're trying to make sense of, and that's a wonderful thing. It's a beautiful <laughs> thing and helpful. Uh, Jamie's gone quiet. You're going to write a baby song, Fife? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm sure all kinds of things will come out. I've generally been wanting to sort of uh, touch a... a oh, God, I've got to be careful how I phrase this. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> touch a child. No, like a, 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 a kind of childlikeness in the stuff that I'm doing a lot more anyway. I, I, I think what... You know, I feel like the biggest criticism I've had of, of the music I made in my 20s or, you know, was... It was too, it's too, too serious. Too serious. Um, I don't mean I want to just do comedy songs, but I I think, uh, what, you know, it's quite interesting, isn't it, that when you think of things that kids watch, it's, it's all quite fluffy and, yeah, well. and, there's, and there's lots of lightness and colour and adventure. And suddenly when we're adults, we watch things where people are screaming at each other and shooting each other yeah. and sort of... I mean, that's yeah. a very, very one-dimensional view of it, but you know, right. why should it be like that? Why as adults shouldn't we be watching things with, you know, talking rabbits or whatever? Well, my mm. favourite Paul McCartney song when I was, was a kid was the Frog Chorus. <laughs> it was, I absolutely loved that song and the video. In fact, my favourite Beatles song overall for a long time was Maxwell's Silver Hammer. Oh, yeah. Which is about, like, a guy who goes around killing people with a hammer, but it's funny, like, it's you know it's kind of an interesting like little story in it. You know you want to write but, some light-hearted but strange. What know. I like. No, well, I agree. I mean, I think something like the Frog Chorus, right? The, the, the where it it's so many people could slag that off, but that's comparing it to. I don't know. Like it's not fair to compare that to John Lennon singing Mother or something. It's like they're mm. totally different. They're totally different things, and I think it's so easy to be snobbish about mm. about stuff that has love and and joy and and darkness in it. You know, like you know, when I, you, you know, when, you know when when you're my favourite though, five. You know, your your music that I like the best. I don't know. I, the, the, I mean, they're the big the the, the the two big singles are two of my favourite, even though I like all of your stuff. But the reason I like Trains to Brazil and Get Over It, right, which I'm sure you'll say off, but the reason I really love those songs is because there is a childlike energy. There's a lot going on. There's, there's a, and there is a pull in there that is in a way telling the world to see the... It, it's shouting at the world about becoming more childlike. So you, you kind of already right. had that in there, you know. You're going... Cheer the hell up! Become a child again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get over it. You know, um, and there's kind of or a sad subject that's made incredibly energetic and just going, come on, come on. I think it's, it's just, like a I cheerleader. Think it's the thing to do You're like to a do sports happy- movie. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's difficult because if, if you don't do happy, happy sounds too trivial, but songs of joy. Mm. If they're done well, I think they're a wonderful thing. But if you don't do them well, it just sounds like someone goes, come on, cheer up. Come yes. Fine. Awful. What are you worried about? Everything's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so hard. I have such well, admiration for well, it. Well, I, you. I, you know, yeah, it's well, so I hard know, to do. I, I, I want to do it a lot better. But uh, the, the definitely, I always think Brian Wilson's music, uh, uh, the 
sort of best Beach Boys stuff was like that. And yeah. Anyway, sorry, we're getting on to music, and this isn't yeah. what. Well, 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 well back to the Metal Lennon McCartney debate. I have a big argument with my parents about who was the 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 genius Lennon or McCartney, and I'm oh, like, well, let's not get into well, this now. I just want to say McCartney was the guy <laughs> underrated, and uh, he's actually quite annoyed McCartney because it goes Lennon McCartney in a lot of the songs, whereas it should be McCartney Lennon when he nah, wrote a lot uh, of the stuff. It's he's, interesting, isn't it, the way that we the way that we we love. Ranking, yeah, things, it's ridiculous. Know. We're but, always like, "Who's the best? What's the best film? What's the best?" Because <laughs> the there's no doubt when you watch interviews with them and stuff. Like, there is no doubt that Paul McCartney was a phenomenal and still is a phenomenal businessman. He's an entertainer. He's the guy. He's the howl to John Lennon's <laughs> Jamie. Because I can't believe you did, take that. No, I'm comparing I, us I remember, to I remember Lennon when I was and McCartney together. There, there was, uh, I, I was like various adverts, email adverts and so on, I, I was getting, I've lost the ability to speak. Let's try again. <laughs> when I was getting Gillimots together, I had various replies uh, by email to adverts, uh, a new member in the band, and I got, uh, there was one that was like, I guess I'm kind of looking for the McCartney to my Lennon. Oh. <laughs> That's all right. That's <laughs> fine. Not. About themselves like that. That's just, but it's know. my Lennon. It's not, I am Lennon. I am, no, I know, but it's... it's, it's what uh, I'm saying is, I think when there's... Often when there's a double act, they work really well because one of them thinks more on an entertainer's perspective where they're going, what does the audience want? What does the business need? What does all that need? And the other one is more, by nature, a kind of art student, which John Lennon was. So all of his interviews are about, are about the art. He's obsessed about having integrity. And Jamie's not obsessed by that, but Jamie is much less likely to say something cheesy or sell out or her terrific than I am and that both of us probably need each other in that equation one to make the other more accessible and the other to make the give the other one a bit more integrity I really don't like this conversation uh, we are um, better than the Beatles who were better than Jesus so you do the maths but about your point about charts and rankings I think the only good thing about like ranking and top 10 films or top 10 TV is pointing people in directions like it's not necessarily the the right or in the right order but you can point at stuff and go, this is good. But you can't with is... Lennon and McCartney. You can't. You can rank them. Anyway, I'd say McCartney, to... Springsteen, um, Lennon. Lennon. <laughs> Bob Dylan. As much as I adore the Beatles, coming back to the subject of your podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know. Uh, what, one thing I do really like in the West Wing is that it, is that it sort of unashamedly does have those moments where... It is it is a slightly syrupy version of things to a degree, but yeah. but but you you need those moments and things where you watch someone being good to someone else, and you and, and you do you feel that stir, and you're like, oh god, I want to be more like that, and I, and it's so easy to slide that kind of thing off, but. People it's, it's are thing. sentimental. Is it people the, are good. Well, people it's are not bad. just people are sentimental because the, what what is. Sentimental is one of these words I never fully understand the meaning of. But I think, I, well, I just mean in the sense that stuff that stuff that other people would say is sentimental. I just sort of think it's just good spirited. Like, what, yeah, what, yeah, why? Yeah. What, why sentimental implies that there's somehow a lack of depth, and I, 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 it's I find that odd. That it's it's. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's a quite a snobby um, thing to criticise, isn't it? I mean, and that's what I mean, is that people, uh, the way that sentiment is portrayed in, or the way that West Wing presents moments of, uh, of, of honesty like that, 
is 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 reflecting that's how people feel sometimes i look at my rabbit and my wife and i go i'm the luckiest man in the world and it's as simple as that yeah uh, and, well, and and i think it's i feel like too often we're made to feel that if we do have a moment where we think god i love my life and i'm lucky that we're somewhere being sentimental saps or something whereas i mm. think i think having those moments of appreciation is, is really quite key to having a, a good yeah, life. But I think. I think it's a really, like, uh, as far as T, as Aaron Sorkin stuff goes, it's a really tough line. And in the West Wing, he gets it right nearly, like, 99.9% of the time. But if you watch Newsroom, there are scenes in that that are cheesy. Not sentimental, right. but just, like, cringeworthy cheese. Where right. it's like, oh, my God, this is not how... It's not. It's not even. It's just. It's not real. It's just. It's so almost pretentious because there's a scene where they're all like in the newsroom shouting over each other, and there's Coldplay's "Fix You" playing in the background, and you kind of like, oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of the difference between letting the audience decide when something is has has depth and meaning, and telling the audience this has depth and meaning. I, I think he he walks that line. It's a hard line to walk. He though. gets it right in West Wing so yeah. much. That's why you you know you what you're saying is correct because he he, he totally. That's why West Wing's so good because it it does nail it and it's got some great actors in it. And... Do you know what? And it is very very much led by you know which I said earlier on, but very much led by conversation. Which I I, really, I think those are definitely the things I prefer. I, than story-based things. Yeah. Like, I, I, I sometimes can't fully follow the the political element of it. It was the same in House of Cards. Like some, sometimes when it gets more complicated, I get a bit lost about the meetings. That yes, but, yes, yes. You know, I don't really mind because I just like listening to the the characters. And also, another thing about it, which is, well, I, I said earlier on as well, but it's the humour, I think, is that like there's the episode, I won't get spoilers, but the, the one where CJ, um, uh, she's been to the dentist and... Um, uh, is talking. Do you remember she her mouth is kind of? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it's just ridiculous. And she's talking. You know, the whole episode. Like, I don't know, just things like that, where it just it, it's just dark. And I, I think that's. Uh, yeah, yeah. I always like a bit of darkness. Me too. Stuff. And uh, let's let's end on asking people: What's your favourite sentimental moment in any film or TV show? Oh, yeah. Studio at theboxsetpod dot com. I'll give you an example of where I think it's let left to the audience in. Uh, in, a, in a Disney uh, animation is entangled, right? I haven't seen that. Oh man, you've got to watch Tangled. Hey, now you got a kid. Very, very underrated. And the the song in it, which is called um, "All My Life Chasing What's it called? I've not seen Tangled. What? What? I've seen, I've seen twenty minutes of it. Oh my god! Get both of you. You need to watch Tangled, right? There's a there's one of the most stunning um, scenes in the middle where they're on a boat and there's lanterns going up in the air, and a previously very hard character is just watching somebody else being amazed by this view, and you're just watching him, and it's really emotional because you realise what he's thinking while he's watching somebody else, and that's a great example of letting the audience democratically decide when something is moving rather right. than uh, whacking them around the head with it, you know, but it, it is mm. a beautiful moment. Oh, you need to watch Tangled, you two. Go and watch it. Um, Fife, All congratulations right. on having a baby. Thank you, Fife. Good Thanks. luck with the next 18 years. We'll speak to you <laughs> round about then. And um, okay. thank you. And keep on the West Wing. Yeah, well, well, I've got, what is it, seven series or something? So, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, what, well to go. and watch Tangled because me and you are going to yeah. do the duet in it, all right? Okay. That's Beautiful. the big thing about West Wing as well. It's 20 episodes a series, isn't it? I mean, you yes, couldn't possibly keep, like, a plot 
you know, an overarching plot going no. for 24 fact, episodes. That's, that's no. one of the only annoying things about it, is that they, they seem to just drop plot at the end of an episode. Like, does, can you tell me, does, um, you know, in the first series, I can't remember her name, but there's the, uh, the, the press, uh, yeah. not CJ, but... Mandy! She just vanishes. She, goes she, she gets ditched because <laughs> she wasn't. As this is true. She wasn't popular with the with the audience, so she, really? they removed her from the show. I didn't like her. her. I thought but she was she just, such a weak no explanation. <laughs> it, it's <laughs> so funny, isn't it? That's it. She never like, comes they could back. Easily have just, they, could, they could surely have created a little scenario for her. To I'm sure there's a line. Know. I'm sure there's a line where someone says, "Where's Mandy?" And goes, <laughs> she went to Africa. That's hilarious. Right, studio uh, at the box at pod.com. Most sentimental moments. Let us know. And don't forget, you could. Uh, we want to give away this box set of Entourage to someone. Five's winning it so far. So email studio at the box at pod.com. See you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.